Hey guys, it's me. So just a heads up on this episode, we did intend for this to be um, one episode with us rounding up the book and the movie discussion, but we wound up having to split it into two episodes because it was really, really long. Um, so you'll hear us talk a couple of times about how we're going to talk about the movie um, in this episode, but unfortunately the movie discussion will not be happening until the next episode, episode 14, um, in which we'll actually have our special guest on and finish out our conversation on New Moon. Um, so in any case, I hope you enjoy, and I'll see you at the end of the episode to play you out. Do you like bad words? Do you like sexual content? Do you like hearing about abusive, awful relationships? How about trauma? Because this show has all of that. So, if you're a child under the age of like, I don't know, 38? Make sure you ask for your parents' permission before listening, because you're about to get into some deep shit. Okay, look, I just need to ask you this because it's been on my mind so much over the past few weeks. If we're in a group setting and I break out the camera and I'm like, everybody gather around for a picture, what do you think I'm going to do with that picture after it's been taken? Post it online. Okay! I saw this thread on Reddit that was like this Am I the Asshole thread where this girl was like, um, am I the asshole because me and seven of my friends took a picture and one of them didn't like it and told me to take it off my Instagram, but I don't want to take it off my Instagram. And everybody in these Reddit comments was like, yes, you are the asshole. I wouldn't assume that you're going to post it on social media if you take a picture with us and a bunch of our friends. What do you expect me to do with it? If I take this picture, I'm not just going to take it home and jerk off to it in bed by myself. I'm going to post it online. Don't jerk off to your friends, kids. <laughs> you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you cannot jerk off to photos you took at group events. It's just unfashionable. <laughs> if you're going to take photos and jerk off to them, make sure you're not in the photo. Otherwise, it's just some kind of autoerotic thing, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> oh my god, I just realized something. What? It's 2020, and we're reading New Moon. Not anymore. Well, we did read New Moon. We fucking finished New Moon. We watched the movie, which was not four hours long, because the four-hour one on Amazon was actually, um, it was... Commentary. Commentary, yeah. It was like, oh, it's four hours long if you watch all of, like, the commentaries and all the bonus feature. It was only two hours and 17 minutes long. I was disappointed. Which, let's be honest, commentary would probably be more entertaining. <laughs> I've actually, have you seen any of the Robert Pattinson, like, movie commentaries? I have. They're so fucking good. I am in love with Robert Pattinson. We recently watched The Lighthouse um, with him and Willem Dafoe. It's by Robert Which Eggers. Which is loosely based on the Irish lighthouse events that happened on a remote Irish island where lots of shipwrecks happened and was covered by the podcast Let's Get Haunted. You know what's so fucking funny? <laughs> now that you say that. Well, first of all, shout out. I fucking love Let's Get Haunted. Allie it's and great. Matt are fantastic. If you haven't listened to it, you absolutely need to. If you want a podcast that is a lot like this podcast, go listen to Let's Get Haunted. I am Nat. M is Allie. <laughs> I would 
marry either of them if they asked me to. Oh, same. Oh, we could have a double wedding. Oh, my God. Adorable. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I looked it up because I thought that the lighthouse was inspired by Island Moore. It's not. Oh, it's not? No, it's not. It's actually based on The Lighthouse by Edgar Allan Poe, but it's literally nothing like it anymore because they changed it so much. And because I was looking it up because the director, Robert Eggers, and his brother, Max, wrote the movie, and they've been asked multiple times, like, oh, is this inspired by these events that happened at this lighthouse? And they're like... No, we've literally never heard of this. I have no oh idea my God, what this no, is. You fucked up. You always just say yes. I know, because then, because then people who are interested in that thing will go and watch your movie. The long and short of it is, I don't know if I liked the lighthouse, but Robert Pattinson was fucking incredible in it. Absolutely amazing, as he always is. I saw Tenet. I want to see it so bad, but Brandon and I, like, aren't going to go to the theater until there's a vaccine. So, I'm a little annoyed that Christopher Nolan insisted on only doing a theatrical release. It's Christopher Nolan. I know. He's Brandon's favorite director, though. Like, we really wanted to go see it. Is it good? It wasn't bad. Uh, I enjoyed all the actors in it. I'm... Uh... I'm glad Brandon's not here until the second part of this because I'm not a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Oh no, really? It's not that I think he's a bad director. I just like... Sometimes I think I think Christopher Nolan is one of those people that has really good ideas and is really good at high concept stuff, but he knows he's really good at it. Yeah. And he just... He leans into it a bit too much because he wants to be smart. So you didn't like Inception? I haven't seen Inception in like a decade, honestly. Oh, wow. longer, actually. I don't know. No, even... it cannot be longer because it came out in 2012. Oh, it did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just watched it recently. Okay, so I guess I, I saw it the year it came out. I just knew I was with my dad and I was like, it's been... So I guess it was like the last summer I went down there before college. Yeah. Uh, what about um, The Prestige? Did you like The Prestige? Haven't seen it yet. Okay. <laughs> what about Interstellar? You just don't like Batman. Like it was okay. No, actually, I like Batman. <laughs> what do you think? Interstellar was okay. Okay. I fucking cried my eyes out watching Interstellar and The Prestige and Inception. All of those movies. I just cried. I like, I really liked Batman. Uh, Interstellar was, was pretty good. I give credit for how much uh, they actually bothered to work within the confines of known science and physics. It was super good. They had to, I was watching this video the other day on the VFX from Interstellar and they were talking about how uh, the, uh, black hole sequence from Interstellar. They had to build a unique graphics engine just to create that shot, which Shit. blew my mind. I've been watching a lot of VFX videos recently, and that was just like, oh my god. Not to mention, like that alone is crazy. But then when you know that they all that fucking corn in that movie, they planted for that movie. 
And those cornfields are still there. They like just Chris- gone to Ohio. <laughs> I know. I was like, just go to like the Midwest and just film it. You don't need to plant a bunch of corn in California. I rem- <laughs> I still remember. Uh, so when I was in eighth grade, I played football for one season. <laughs> and I actually, I played line. Because at that point, I was, like, the same size I am now. Yeah, So I was, like, huge compared to middle schoolers. I was still 4'8 when we met. (laughs) I would literally pick other kids up and throw them. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) What does this have to do with Interstellar? Okay, okay. So, I didn't play most of the season. Yeah. Because in a scrimmage at the beginning of the season, I was playing, uh, let's see, I was nose. Okay. And the center, which is the the person right in front of the quarterback on yes. offensive line, mm-hmm. for I anyone t- who doesn't <laughs> football, uh, okay. I barely remember that because I don't football. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're supposed to just like grab and push uh-huh. when you're online. Uh, but he decided to tackle me. Because I kept knocking him down. <laughs> and my so my wrists were jammed against his pad because we were just supposed to be pushing. And so when he went down on me, it bent my wrist backwards. And it broke my growth plate. Oh. And so I was out for most of the season with my broken growth plate. Oh, God. Uh, but all I, the only other thing I remember from that day is the bus drive there and back where there were just... <laughs> Miles and miles of cornfields in this ne- rural so, so Ohio So you've never area. been to Ohio. There are three major cities, and I'm going to apologize to anyone not from one of these major cities who's going to be like, hey, my city matters too. No, it doesn't. Shut up, Akron. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Akron. Shut up, Akron. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Miami. Um, it... So there's Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. The three C's of Ohio are And like, everybody from one of them hates the other one. Yes. So everybody hates Cleveland, but then everyone from Cleveland hates everyone from Columbus. And then everyone from Columbus just hates anybody who exists outside of Columbus. So Cincinnati's in the south. Columbus is in the middle, and <laughs> Cleveland is in the north. This sounds super it's, stupid, it's but that's literally is true. like an Orion's belt of sea cities. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then, nothing else in Ohio really has a lot of people in it. I mean, there's like Toledo or whatever. I've been to Toledo; it's fine. Um, but everywhere else is mostly just corn. And nobody ever believes me when I say that. And then we had a, a, some friends who drove to GP Detroit, which is a magic event, back when those happened in the before times. And they drove. Before they just. From... Nope. Nope. I'm not going to go off on a magic tangent. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, they drove from Texas all the way up to Detroit. And they had to pass through Cincinnati, first of all, which they said was very pretty. They also had to pass through Cleveland, which they said seemed like a dumpster fire. And then. <laughs> but then they were like, they didn't pass through Columbus, but they were like, everything was just corn. Like, there's nothing in Ohio but corn. And I was like, yeah, that's, I told you, that's all that's in Ohio is corn. Look, Cleveland is like Detroit V2. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. And Detroit there's even has some reason, good stuff about it, you know? <laughs> there's a reason that 
there are multiple videos on YouTube uh, made as joke tourism videos. <laughs> and it's just, come on down to Cleveland Town, everybody. Come really... and look at two of our buildings. If you want to see the kind of like stupid fucking rivalry that goes on in the great state of Ohio, just watch those YouTube videos, the fake tourism videos of Cleveland. I guarantee you... Most of them are made by residents of Cincinnati because <laughs> everybody living in Cincinnati just fucking hates Cleveland. Let me tell let me tell you now, as a person that was not originally from Cincinnati, yeah. who moved to Cincinnati when I was uh, I was a ten, I was about to be eleven at the time, and who doesn't have any great love of the area or hatred for it. Cleveland sucks. <laughs> Cleveland actually, objectively, is awful. It's terrible. It's literally called the mistake on the lake because it's like right on uh, Lake M- M- Michigan. Michigan. I think it's Lake Michigan. Ohio and, hates Michigan. By yeah. The way. Ohio also fucking hates Michigan. The only thing that the three C's will, will yeah, unite against is, is that Michigan. we all just fucking hate Michigan. The, the biggest thing is just like sports rivalries and just looking at one terrible state and trying to pretend that your state is not just as bad because Ohio... All you have is corn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... All we have is corn. It's it's bad. All Michigan has is rampant systemic racism. <laughs> they have Flint in Detroit. I, so, <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of racism, I had this person, and I'm not going to say how I encountered this person or where I encountered this person, but essentially I was speaking with a friend of mine about this podcast that I listened to, uh, really popular. It's called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. It's a Scrubs rewatch podcast with Zach Braff and Donald Faison. And um, I was talking about it with my friend and this guy approached Wait, us. you have friends? Yeah. Aside from you. Yeah, a couple. Um, this guy approached us and was like, hey, I used to listen to that podcast, um, but I didn't like it when it got political. And I was like, oh, like, like when, what, what were you, what were you talking about? And, and he was like, um, yeah, when Donald Faison said, if you're a racist, fuck you. I just didn't like the animosity. Like, I didn't like how far he took it. So, um, from the bottom of my heart, I would just like to say, with my whole chest, um, if you're a racist, fuck you. Fuck you. you. (laughs) Absolutely uh, fuck you. (laughs) Let me extend that to homophobes and transphobes. Islamophobes, xenophobes, agoraphobes. No, wait, agoraphobes are okay. They're probably keeping our our lights on right now, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) People who just don't want to leave their house. Arachnophobes. Arachnophobes. That's That's you and Brandon, (laughs) who will be on later when we discuss the movie. And I think he thinks we're going to talk about The Lighthouse. I'm going to have to break it to him that it's the other Robert Pattinson movie that we recently watched. I don't think he enjoyed it very much. He just kind of kept... Do you remember, like, how many times he just looked... He, like... (laughs) So we were on... uh, a streaming service that lets you watch movies at long distances. And Brandon was obviously sitting with me and Emmy was in her 
wherever she lives. And <laughs> Brandon, multiple times during the movie, you would just hear him go, what? <laughs> I actually couldn't hear it. So huh? <laughs> your TV, I don't even know how loud the volume was. But throughout the entire movie, I could just faintly hear it in the background. We tried to turn it down, but we just kept... Ah, fuck. Okay, we'll have to fix that for next time. Yeah, so I was just sitting here like... I can hear it. And then every once in a while, I would hear Brandon's voice, like, fade in. Yeah. So I could tell he had been saying something, but I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. He was altogether very fucking confused. When we got to the end of the movie, he was like... I feel like nothing happened. What what happened? I mean, he was like, "That's the end." We read they a whole book, and I still don't know what happened. <laughs> so, speaking of book, we should probably get into our roundup. Not that I don't yep. enjoy having a fifteen-minute intro of us just talking stupid shit. But you've been listening to Let's <clears> Get Haunted, <throat> and uh, if we want our podcast to be the Let's Get Haunted of literary reviews, then we have to have the intro part where we just talk about nothing. So uh, let me let me let me do this. All right. <clears throat> If you're racist, fuck you. If you're racist, fuck you. If you're racist, fuck, fuck, fuck you. Okay, intro song. I'm M. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Welcome back to It's 2020 and we're reading Twilight slash New Moon. Um, to begin, uh, we're going to do a recap of the whole book. Give some final thoughts. Uh, we're going to do our like favorite and least favorite things that happened. I, I haven't even thought about it. So it's just going to come out of my mouth as we go. Um, and then we're going to have our discussion on the movie where we're going to bring Brandon in and we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to recommend some books. And that'll be the end of New Moon. You're, you're going to get less book recommendations for me and more comic slash manga because yeah i started a job a few weeks ago and (laughs) uh the the couple weeks leading up to the job were primarily filled with me getting as much work done as possible on my book until i had it in a completed place where sarah could begin editing it editing it and uh now i work and i sleep (laughs) And I, I just haven't read a whole lot. Welcome back to the world of the employed. I am so happy to have you. I wish to cease <clears throat> my existence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So New Moon begins with a preface uh, that kind of spoils the whole book. Um, if, if you remember, it was about her running through Italy. And she talks about Alice. And it's really confusing. But also... Marie Antoinette's there. Marie Antoinette is there. No, she isn't. I wish she were. But uh, unfortunately, Marie Antoinette is not there because they're in Italy, not France. But um, there's vampires. There are vampires. Europe. And as as we all know, Marie Antoinette is an immortal vampire. Um, she was she, not beheaded. She was not beheaded. She faked her own death and she became a vampire and she still lives among us. But she did not step foot anywhere near this story so we don't have to worry about that good Um, they would have ruined her (laughs) so um i hate this preface i absolutely cannot stand it. it's fucking awful (laughs) the first preface was like weird but fine this preface 
ruins the whole book because she talks about Alice and being in a square and it's really crazy and chaotic, but you know that that's not happening in the beginning. So you know that the vampires are going to come back later in the book. So there is a, a lot of movies do it. Yeah. The, the similar kind of uh, opening scene where you take something from later in the movie and throw it at the beginning as kind of a precursor. And it makes you wonder like, oh, how are we leading up to that? But the problem with the way Stephanie Meyer does it is that the lead up to it is always so like, okay, so the first time it was so dull and mm-hmm. uneventful that you were just like, when the fuck's it going to get to this point where it's interesting and somebody's trying to kill her? Yeah. it's And in this one, it's just chaotic and ruins the entire, like, buildup that's happening throughout the rest of the book. You also want the buildup to make sense. Like, you don't, like, you don't want to have this random moment that doesn't make any sense. Then you have the whole story and then you get to that moment because without having anything that actually, like, builds into that moment... Because like it, if there it's was just a like scene useless. with Alice and Jacob confronting each other. Yes. And so then you don't even know about that. All you know is Alice comes back mm-hmm. at some point for some reason. And you see this new dynamic between them. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then you get into the book. So then you're like, okay, something's happening there. Yeah. And then it leads into the whole him hating vampires thing. and <laughs> Yeah, a really good example of that working well is, <laughs> is in Sonic the Hedgehog, how you have the opening sequence where Sonic is running away from Dr. Robotnik through San Francisco. And it's, like, crazy, but it's, like, really cool looking. And you're like, oh, it's Sonic. What's he doing? And he's like, hey, I bet you're really wondering how the fuck all this happened. Let's back up. And so he, like, tells the whole story. You get the intro of Dr. Robotnik. You see the tension building where they have these multiple encounters. And then they finally get to San... Like, they have the reason to be in San Francisco. And then you have this, like, moment where he's like, all right, here we are. Let's see where this goes from here. It was so good. I thought it Look, was done very well. Sonic the Hedgehog was a actually fantastic fucking movie. And if yes. you disagree, I will stab you. <laughs> so Sonic the Hedgehog is the Detective Pikachu of, like, the Sonic the Hedgehog universe. Except Sonic didn't shit the bed in the last ten minutes of the Sonic movie. If you've Look, never seen Detective Pikachu, watch it and then just turn it off. <laughs> 10 minutes before Detective the Pikachu was a wonderful movie as well. Yes. It's just the very end of it that really just like, what? And so it's like, it's a perfect movie for about 87% of it. The fucked up part is I saw it twice. In yeah, theaters, I did too. And I don't remember what the last 10 minutes was. And you I feel don't? Like that's okay, well, something. I'm obviously not going to spoil it, but I'll talk about it later. I'll like tell you what the ending is later. Um, so chapter one, uh, is where Bella has her dream about grandma, which is actually her because she's turning 47 in this book. No, she's actually turning 18 and she's having a (gasps) lot of trepidations about being older than Edward. And what I'll say is I kind of get it now. I didn't at the time because I was like, you're being annoying, but I get it now because even Given the ending and the way Edward was acting even after they had this ultimatum to turn Bella into a vampire, I completely understand her fears that it's just never going to happen. 
So every day that ticks by, she feels like it's she's getting further and further away from being, you know, young and being able to be young with him forever. So it's annoying, but I do understand where she's coming from. You're just pouting. I look, I'm somebody with a deeply embedded fear of death. Uh, I don't like the concept of not existing. And so aging for me is absolutely fucking horrifying too, because I'm like, oh, I am one year closer to death. Yeah, for sure. But I'm still just like, bro, you're 18. (laughs) I get it. I I get it. I think for her, it's like, she's, she's much less like, oh my God, I'm old. And she's much more like, that's going to be me because he's never going to change me. Look, if I was given the choice as that I could turn into an immortal and I was told to pick a time, I would say mid-20s. Yeah, mid to late 20s. Because you're mentally developed enough at that point. Physically, you're developed. Because a lot of the times when you're 18, you're still physically developing. So let the physical and the mental development finish. But you haven't started aging yet. So you'll always be young and attractive. Yeah. But you'll also be emotionally mature. It's great. Let's do the um, United States uh, health insurance cutoff. So let's say 26 is the the perfect age for you to become a vampire. Actually, because 27 is when you really, when your cells like stop regenerating as much. 27 is when you start start to like dying, technically. Beautiful. Um, I love that. So Bella goes to school. (laughs) She's a huge grump to Alice. Um, but Alice is like, please let us throw you a party. And Edward's like, come on, we haven't had a birthday in forever. Even though we debunked that because in Twilight, Edward says the words, Carlisle recently celebrated his 362nd birthday. And at the end of this book, Edward acknowledges that he's a year older, meaning that he's keeping track. Yeah. So, you know, um... So then they watch Romeo and Juliet and have that really gross conversation where Bella's like, do not kill yourself. And Edward's like, we'll see. Absolutely Mm. insensitive. Um, And then they go to the party. Um, Bella cuts her finger. Edward throws her into a bunch of glass stuff. And Jasper tries to kill her. And scene. (laughs) That whole chapter. Just why? Yeah, it's just a mess. (laughs) Like, it literally doesn't make any sense. It was, but I like that we got into the action in chapter one. But then I didn't like that the action ended at chapter one. <laughs> and then there's no action until like chapter 19 or something. The story could have been really good. And we said that you know so what? many times, but it just wasn't. You know what I think part of the problem is too? It's that like a lot of... Like, with when dealing with stuff later in the book, like, these dramatic moments that probably should be tense just aren't because the thing that makes you feel tense about them is the fact that you want the characters to survive or, like, you care about the characters. <laughs> and, I, and I'm legit just, like, I don't fucking I like don't these care. people. I don't care what happens to them. I don't care <sighs> if they die of coronavirus before they make... <laughs> Before they are removed from the White House. I don't... 
it's not something that really bothers me. I just, it's. Just save us. Just, please, please go out and vote on November 3rd. Look. Or do early voting. That's what I'm doing. I am a transgenders. <laughs> if we get another four years of this and we continue down the road of fascism because you decided not to vote or you decided you were going to vote for Trump, which I don't know why anyone who made it to this point in our podcast would. <laughs> but listen to me. If we continue down this road and people like me are hurt because of you, I hope you know that you're the reason this podcast ends when I die. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to keep going if my co-host is dead because she's been killed by a bunch of... I like the, 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 the idea that even if we were taken, like, even if a fascist regime was implanted into the federal government and, like, we were being overrun by neo-Nazis, we would continue reading Twilight, like, just <laughs> to stave off the pain and existentialism that comes I'm a millennial. What do you expect? In a fascist state. Well, I'm Gen Z. And I say I'm going to snort some Tide Pods and eat a condom, and keep going. So chapter Protest two. in the streets. <laughs> read Twilight in the sheets. <laughs> um, so in chapter two, uh, they... Everybody leaves except for Bella and Carlisle, and Carlisle says some shit about Edward not thinking that he has a soul, which is, like, whatever. Um, and Bella's like, I'm not religious, so I don't really care. Um... And in the movie, I so, no, I can't talk about the movie, but Kristen Stewart's face when she's like, I don't believe in any of that, so you don't have to fucking worry about me. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> mood. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, then Alice comes back, gives Bella some clothes, Edward takes her home, then she gives, then she, he gives her her other presents, and um, Edward is like, why don't you just go date Mike Newton? And everybody in the background was like, yeah! Go date Mike Newton! Until they, until, you know, Smyre decided to ruin Mike Newton. Oh yeah, she ruined Mike in this book the same way she's going to ruin Jacob in the next book. So, because Edward cannot have competition, and instead of just making him a better love interest, she just ruins all of the other love interests don't understand so I don't understand <laughs> chapter three um is when bella wakes up super anxious and she spends the whole chapter just being super fucking anxious because edward is a huge asshole she takes a bunch of pictures he refuses to take... say she takes a bunch of pills she takes a bunch of pills she takes a bunch of pictures she's trying to remember her, her life um you know, the way that it is now. And then Edward, of course, abandons her at the end of the chapter. Taking um, a bunch of pictures of her life the way it is now because she thinks that they're going to leave and take her with them. And so she'll need memories of her time in Forks. Which, until now, I still do not understand why she thought that they were going to leave and take her with them. Like, why does this incident at the party mean that they have to leave? I don't know, Swilton. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know either. You? 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like didn't make any sense. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, you're just being naive," and now I'm like, "It literally doesn't make any sense." Please explain, America. America explain. explain. <laughs> Why is this not Arkansas? Anyway, um, one of the best vines ever made. So chapter four uh, takes up about five months afterward when Bella has been in her depression stupor this entire time, basically only doing exactly what's expected of her and nothing else. Cause she's totally empty inside without Edward. Because as we know, that is literally all we know about her is that she likes Edward and that one Debussy song and that one unnamed punk band. Oh, and Jane Austen and Jane Austen. Well, she liked him. She liked Jane Austen. I don't know if she still does. And of all the Eds. Romeo. I started rereading um, <laughs> Northanger Abbey again. Um, well, I was reading it when we first started, and she was, like, talking about Jane Austen, and then I stopped because I was like, I don't want to associate this <laughs> with Twilight. <laughs> and then I started rereading it again recently because I just fucking love that book. And all I can think is, man... Henry is such a better love interest than Edward, but Bella would totally read it and be like, mm, "Henry, tell me." Bleh. Like, I she would not appreciate that book for what it is because his name is not Ed, and that's sad because that book is amazing. She also wouldn't like Gideon the Ninth because there is no Edward in it or Edmund. Don't. I was literally thinking about the fact that you still need to read that book, and that yeah. you sent me like when you were, you were like. A few pages into the first chapter, and you sent me a screenshot of you reading it, and you haven't read it. No, I haven't read it since then. I've been really tired and busy, and life is crazy, and it's COVID outside, okay? So I have a lot on my mind. Anyway, so she makes plans to go hang out with Jessica. 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 And they go and see a zombie movie and Bella's like, oh my God, I'm the zombie. Then when they're leaving and they're walking to a McDonald's, um, she sees some dudes that she thinks are the dudes from the year before who like tried to like gang rape her, but they're not. Um, but she walks towards them because as she walks towards them, she hear she hallucinates Edward's voice telling her not to do it. Because all of these things are things that stable emotionally well people do. Yeah, for sure. She's totally not. And Jessica thinks it's completely Ill. normal and totally doesn't have the most reasonable reaction ever of what the fuck is wrong no. with you. She thinks it's fucking insane and she <laughs> and she was like, "Bella, what the fuck are you doing?" And then she drives Bella home, but she's like, "No, fuck you. I don't want anything to do with you, you fucking psychopath." Which you know, she should have done a long time ago. Jessica but- smartest character in the book so far absolutely actually she might be the smartest one of all of them chapter five uh is where bella gets the bikes and she takes them to jacob and he's like hell yeah let's fix up these bikes and she's like you can't tell anyone and he's like fuck yeah i'm a 16 year old boy of course i'm gonna do what the cute girl tells me to do all right, that now make, fix these bikes so I can see my ex-boyfriend who uh, I only see in my mind and I hear his voice because yeah. I'm fucking crazy and I need to do dangerous things. 
Chapter six picks up with Bella hanging out with uh, Jacob and uh, his friends come over. They are weird about Quill and Embry's names. Once again, this is a Native American reservation, so they have Native American names. I don't understand why don't this forget was the included. Curtains. Oh yeah, the curtains. The pre our pre-recording note about the curtains. Because M just cannot let go of the yellowed curtains. Neither can Bella, apparently, because they're still in her room. Disgusting. Um, so Bella hangs out with Jacob all day and she's like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. I'm having a good time. Which is just like the first of a million signs that Jacob is like amazing for her and she should just be happy with him but you know that's not how it works i would have loved i would have loved the idea of a love triangle if this was more of an actual love triangle where bella actually feels conflicted about who she should choose and she's like but i love jacob because he was there for me not the entire time her being like well i'll never love jacob i'll never love jacob i'll never love jacob i like real love triangles real love triangles are fucking hot i love real love love triangles where a real love triangle is when every person in the triangle is interested in every other person in the triangle (laughs) and none of them can decide on each other because a triangle (laughs) is the strongest shape a real love triangle is one that involves two women and one man and both of the women date the man but at the end neither of them date the man and they may they they date each other and then they go into the spirit world together valid (laughs) and then you go and read the graphic novel just to see them kiss (laughs) um so then bella tries to reconnect with her friends but nobody wants to reconnect with her because she's a bitch and crazy and crazy chapter seven bella goes to visit the empty cullen house but she like doesn't get very far and we joked about like what if she got there and they were there (laughs) Because she never went to go check if they actually left. <laughs> that made me laugh so fucking hard when I was re-listening to that episode. Shit. Her plan is ruined. Were- Emmett, this is the last time we la- let you make plans. <laughs> bro. Come on, bro. Oh, my baby boy, Emmett. Um, so, Bella, you know... Goes back to being friends with Angela and Mike, but and Mike is just kind of trying to get in her panties, and Angela is being, you know, the sweet and lovable Angela that she is. Um, Jacob finishes the bikes. They go out to, like, drive them, and that's when they see Sam Yuli and his gang jumping off of a cliff, and Bella goes from, oh my god, they're gonna fucking die, to I want to do that right now in about two seconds flat. Uh, and then Jacob complains about Sam Uli and his gang because they are meanie butts. All I want to know is why I didn't get a gang war. A gang war? Yeah. Between who? I don't know. But they have one gang. They should have brought in another one. It's not even a gang. It's just a group of werewolves who actually aren't that bad. Ugh. It's like they go from being assholes to being like, oh, we're all bros and we're such happy-go-lucky people way too quickly it's just not would have been a lot more interesting if uh if ulesif uh sam ulesif was uh 
you know, actually kind of a dick. And so there was a conflict where being a werewolf wasn't actually that bad. It was just, it was just Sam Ufwoolly that was the problem. I mean, it would make sense because he was a werewolf all by himself and he had nobody around to help him. And so when other werewolves come on, it would make sense for him to be kind of resentful. It would be fun. What? It's like years from now when we're both famous authors and we have time. Yeah. And we just go back through these books and take all the notes we put into like ways to make it better and rewrote them ourselves. I would love that. We could never make money off of it, but I would love to distribute it as like free PDFs. Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't do it with the intention of making money. I would yeah. just do it with, for the intent of having fun and being like, look at better twilight. <laughs> look at what we've done with twilight to make it better. I love that. Um, so Bella and Jacob ride the bikes. Um, and then Bella, wrecks her shit jacob becomes shirtless um <laughs> to bella stop wrecks the her sh- bella wrecks her shit because she can't figure out how to turn yeah we if it's not obvious we just listened to this episode where we talked about all of this shit and first of all she can't figure out how to turn a bike um which we theorized meant that she doesn't know how to ride a bike so, like, a bicycle. So, like, maybe that explains it. And then I said, Jacob takes off his shirt to stop the bleeding. <laughs> and, like, I didn't make any kind of connection. And so, <laughs> so we're not even going to say how he stopped the bleeding. He took off his shirt. The bleeding stopped. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, and so she has to go to the ER to like get stitched up because she fucks herself up. Um, and then she feels that same like burning hole in her chest that night, which is repeatedly described in such a weird and nonsensical way that at this point I just pretend it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> All literally like every time she talks about it, I can like visually see this like ah uh, what like exaggerated black hole like literally on her chest like a black like like a literal black hole from space yes on her chest with like that red ring of radiation <laughs> around the outer edge just like eating away at her flesh and then just nothing inside yeah there's a literal black hole on Bella's chest and they had to build a unique graphics engine just to show us the black hole oh on Bella's chest. It was crazy. Um, Christopher Nolan, it's a special you kind really of fusion engine. Done yourself. Did we talk about what these movies would look like if Christopher Nolan directed them? Because God damn it, I would love to see that. He made something great out of Batman. I want to know what he does with Twilight. So um, then Bella and Jacob make their plan to like go find the meadow and they like get the maps and stuff and they like do the grid thing, which is actually really interesting that Stephanie Meyer like apparently researched like how you go about finding an isolated point in the middle no. of the woods. No. What? No. No. I am thoroughly convinced this was not research. This was just something she already knew how to do from some kind of life experience or somebody teaching her because I have a very difficult time believing that Smyre did anything that could be considered research for any of these books. Okay, so... Sorry to offend you with my assumption. Um, 
So Billy then makes fun of the people who are afraid of the bear. And when we were talking about this in the episode, we were like, I ain't afraid of no bears. That's how I got in this wheelchair. Then shouldn't you be afraid of them? Fuck no. Oh my God. That bear, it took me by the legs and its jowls. Slobber dripping down my boots. Shaking me from side to side. Um, My spleen punctured itself on my spinal cord. So then, Jacob complains about his problems with Sam Yuli's gang. And then Bella starts, like, screaming and crying about him, like, moving in with her. And it's really fucking weird. Uh, chapter nine is, uh, where it's Valentine's Day and Bella's like, it's Valentine's Day. And Jacob's like, yeah, Bella. I don't know how dates work anymore. (laughs) The The infinite passage of time. (laughs) Uh, Nobody let Bella read A Wrinkle in Time. (laughs) She literally wouldn't understand it. (laughs) Um, so then... Bella tries to plan a whole thing with like all of her friends and Jacob but then everybody cancels at the last minute because they're all sick but then Mike's like no I'm gonna go and in the episode we talked about it we were like why didn't she just cancel and go hang out with Jacob like she does every day I don't understand she just really it's because she was really really determined to make things not weird with Jacob but by going on this date it just made things even weirder I just, I can't process why anyone would be in this position and then think this was the not weird outcome. So then Mike gets sick during the movie. They both try to hold her hand. Um, I still insist that Bella should have grabbed both of them by the arm and made them hold each other's hands to assert dominance. Um, Then they have that conversation where Jacob is like holding her hand and Bella's like, don't. And he's like, I thought you were fine with it. And she's like, well, yeah, but I think it means something else for you. And Jacob's like, I'm okay with waiting. And it was kind of weird, but also kind of sweet because he was like, I'll be here for you in whatever way you want me to. And she's like, okay. Based on Mike's characterization in this book, I think what would be even better than putting their hands together is that she took Jacob's arm and put it into the popcorn bucket. And then he just, Mike's dick right there. <laughs> You're insinuating that she should have forced Jacob to give Mike a handy inside a popcorn bucket? Which, first of all, I have never understood how, in theory, that could possibly fucking work. Because isn't the popcorn Burn. just gonna fall out? Well, also the burning, but isn't the popcorn just going to fall out the hole in the bottom that you're shoving your dick through? Or is your dick so hard that you're shoving it through the bottom and no popcorn can get out? But I feel like the pain of shoving your dick through a popcorn container and into some popcorn, which if you eat it the way that Emmy eats it, is just dripping in flavoring. Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore? Oh, you've cut down. I'm so proud of you. Still Um, a lot of salt, though. Yeah, I remember one time we made popcorn and we took it with us to theater. Do you remember this? The bottom of the container was so fucking coated in the um, the powder that we had put on the popcorn to eat it that we... 
like, I think Evan was like, are you okay? And we were like, yeah, we're fine. And he was like, why is there so much powder in the bottom of this popcorn? We were like, you got to taste it. You just got to taste it. Cocaine. <laughs> we were teenagers and we had the metabolism of a cheetah, okay? Um, so they leave the movie to take Mike home. Um, and Bella offers to drive Jacob home because he's super fucking feverish. Like, he's burning hot, um, but also he's beautiful. Um, Jacob then doesn't call when he gets home, and Bella's concerned because he said For he would 20 whole minutes. I have to wonder, like, because in the first book, they talked about driving down to La Push to go to the beach, and they made it seem like it was this whole thing. I don't remember how long they said it took, but then now she's like, it takes, like, 20 minutes to get to Jacob's house. Yeah, because they all, like, met up to ride together and stuff, and I thought that like, when they said the beach that she was going to was the same, like, at, while she was at the res, yeah. was the same one from the first book, I was like, wait, what? This is the same place? How is she getting bo- How is she getting there so quickly? It took, Like, if it's only 20 minutes away, it is not convenient to carpool. Especially no. when it's an empty beach. Like, if, if, if there's minimal parking, I understand. But you lose convenience the shorter the trip is. I feel like it's 30 minutes and up is when it's, like, more convenient to ride with someone or anytime there isn't good parking. But, like, if it's an empty beach, I don't understand why they, like, made a whole trip out of it. It's just weird. Also, if it's only 20 minutes away, why are they only going there, like, once every, like, few months? The sunny days. Yeah, but still. I mean, like, a rainy beach can still be fun, especially if there's, like, really neat tide pools to go to. With eels that have racing stripes. Racing stripes. (laughs) So, um... Then Bella gets really fucking sick, and she calls, and Jacob doesn't feel good. Um, so then Bella, like gets super upset because Jacob isn't talking to her so she calls um and then they say that she, that he has mono and she doesn't believe them for some reason and she looks it up and she's like that doesn't seem like mono and blah 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 um so because so then Bella has more nightmares and whatever um but then Bella calls again and Billy answers and says that Jacob is spending time with his friends Bella does a big worry <laughs> Because uh, Jacob doesn't want to hang out with her anymore, which I get. Because, I mean, you know, he's the only one she has left to really hang out with. Because um, Mike sucks and Angela has a boyfriend. And if you've ever been someone whose only friend has a boyfriend, it sucks. Because, like, you tech- even though they are your friend, you still have to come second. But, you know. Are you talking about our friendship? No. What are you talking about? You were my only friend, you and Brandon, when I moved down here, and you had each other, and I was alone. You also have, like, a whole family that you can talk to. Just go talk to your brother. Alone. Go talk to your brother. Oh, no. Go talk to your brother, who has fantastic views on being transgender. Just, he really, 
is supportive and has said nothing but good. Am I wrong? Am I? (laughs) My brother is 10. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some issues. He called me a tranny last night. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Little brother. I almost said his name. I won't. I've known this child since he was born. Not really. I didn't know him that well. Until he was, like, three or four. But, like... Anyway. <laughs> not, to, not to call out your brother or anything. So, um, Bella goes out hiking. She finds the meadow. And then there's Laurent. And then the wolves. And then that whole chapter just sucked. I and she's it. like, here's this dream from book one. And here's this wolf from the dream from book one. It's back. Jacob was the... Wolf That's from not the, in that chapter. Oh, wait. Never mind. I don't remember any of this because that, I'm a fucking stupid. That's not in that chapter. I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. My bad. She's um, dumb and doesn't make any of the connections. <laughs> chapter 11 uh, is Jacob still avoiding Bella. Um, Bella goes down to La Push. She picks up Quill. He's like, Wim, Bella won't talk to me. He's been hanging out with Sam Yuli and his gang of meanie pants um jacob Not the meanie pants bella finds jacob and they have a really tense talk in the woods where uh jacob is a huge asshole then bella goes home and she cries to charlie and charlie like the wonderful protective dad that he is calls billy to be like you need to get your fucking son under control because he made bella sad and i appreciate that he did that because it's I can't even imagine what it's like to be in this kind of situation and then to have another fucking boy come into Bella's life and, like, upset her and then abandon her. Mm. Oof. I'll never be a dad, but I I promise I will be a Charlie Swan. What do you think would piss him off more? This or if Jacob and Bella really got together and Jacob just kept killing the grass for peeing in the yard? (laughs) he kills his bell pepper plants that he just recently started growing again (laughs) after years of the back garden being a sad reminder of the time that renee stuffed brownies into his bell peppers (laughs) he just started growing them again they finally have life in them again and jacob just pisses on them and they they thought they were supposed to be spicy so i put my uric acid on them <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i love the loose cannon that we have constructed out of random nonsense such as there is only one radio station in forks <laughs> Charlie had to kill his own bell pepper plants to avoid eating them stuffed with brownies. (laughs) Carlisle, anytime he wants to to brush up with Charlie, puts on a fake mustache. I'm sure there's more. We'll have to go back and like make an annotated list of of the facts of Twilight. The one one radio station in town only plays CCR. Oh yeah. To think (laughs) that one of the members of CCR was the founder of the station. 
So just every single morning, it's, I want to know, have you ever seen the rain? And everybody in town is like, every day, every day I see the rain. So uh, Jacob then shows up and climbs through Bella's window in a much cuter scene than any time Edward has ever appeared in her room. Um, And he's like, I wanted to, I like... Please, like, remember the story I told you and, and like, figure out what's going on with me because I can't tell you. And he physically can't tell her. Bella's annoying as fuck and is like, I don't remember. I don't remember anything you told me that wasn't the word, the cold ones. And so, um, she then has a dream. Um, Where she blowjobs Edward (laughs) because she remembered the cold ones. No. She then has a dream, um, which is the same dream that she had after her trip to the beach last year um, with the wolf and Edward or whatever. Or it was Sam. I don't remember. But anyway, so the point is she figures out that Jacob is a werewolf. And then she screams horrifically. When she wakes up and, like, refuses to stop screaming. And she says that she physically can't stop herself from screaming. I have never experienced that kind of terror. But if I found out that one of my friends was a werewolf, I would just become horny. Like, there, there I wouldn't scream. I wouldn't be afraid. I would just be oh, like... Oh, you would. Oh. You'd, you'd be like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be a little, like, excited scream. Like, oh my like yeah that um chapter 13 bella like goes to confront jacob because she thinks that he's a murderer but then she sees him laying in his bed and she's like he's cute and so she she thinks he's a murderer because subplot people get and kill in woods throughout movie by wolf book also by wolf book yeah right and so she's like oh my god they're killing people blah 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 so she's like i'm gonna go confront him because he's a killer and she gets there and she's like oh but look at him sweeping he's sweeping in his bed oh his whole bedroom is just his bed yeah look how poor the native americans are because white people are genocidal psychopaths oh my god so she, I apologize for that voice. I, <laughs> I will never do it again. I can't promise that actually. Um, she goes to the beach. They talk about it. He's like, I don't fucking kill people. That's insane. Um, and she's like, oh, okay. And then they, <laughs> she literally is like, oh, what a relief. Like she doesn't ask for any evidence or any like follow up. She's just like, oh, amazing. They don't, don't- kill people. You don't kill people? We don't kill people. Let me smell that dick. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on. Can I smell your dick? Okay. So then they're like, oh, we killed the Ront. Um, and she's like, oh, no, Victoria's coming for me. And he's like, oh, shit, we got to go talk to them. Chapter 14 is when they go and talk to them. There's a super dramatic moment between Paul and Jacob and they like turn into wolves and they go and they fight in the woods because they are 12 and they have to solve everything by just beating each other up and they go and they meet emily who has been mutilated by sam uh and emily being fiance not that i don't if if you are listening to this episode and you have no idea what i'm talking about please stop and go listen to everything leading up to this. Because 
you I don't understand how you got to this episode and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to them talk about New Moon. But there's a lot of details that you, you're missing out on. So go listen to everything else first. We'll be we'll still be here when you get back. <clears throat> the, you won't even know about Charlie's mustache tickles. Yeah, you have you would be so confused about the mustache tickles. Um it's horrible. So Sam and Emily are super lovey dovey and Bella's like Ugh! Um, so then they strategize about how to kill Victoria, and then Bella says that she needs to hang out, or they say that Bella needs to hang out in La Push to keep her safe. Look, here's the thing. I recently had a long-term relationship end, and now for her, it should be straight couples, but for me, when I see a girl and a girl together being cute, I'm just like, oh, adorable. And she's over here like, I can't look at love, like, yeah, six months she's later. Like, she doesn't want to be around love. Six months later. Here's the thing. Why are you showing me a picture of the thing that you got from Google search? Because you said, here's the thing. Here's the thing. But here's the thing. 1982. Have you seen it? It's good. No, you don't like scary things. Never mind. It, it, I like scary things. <clears throat> But in order to watch scary things, I need to have somebody that will cuddle me. I'm not going to cuddle you. I'm sorry. I know you're not going to cuddle me. You're like, I don't want to fucking cuddle you. Don't take it that way. I, was, <laughs> I don't know why you'd think that I thought you were going to cuddle me. So Bella spends spring break at La Push so that the Wolfers can keep a good eye on her. Jacob is like, oh, James tried to kill you. Oh my God, I'm super upset. And Bella just reacts totally normally to once again, a man in her life thinking that she needs to change the subject so that he doesn't lose his cool. Except Jacob is okay because we like Jacob. Um, and then Bella explains everything about the Collins, and then she gets sad. But Jacob's like, it's okay, we don't have to talk about it. I'm going to be understanding of your trauma so that you don't have to relive it anymore. I'm going to be a good boy, and I'm going to be nice to you so that you can recover from I'm gonna be, what know, these people did to you. I'm going to be, you know, a decent fucking <clears throat> existence. Yeah. I don't want to call it a human being, but I'm, go I'm going to be a decent sentience. Yeah. <laughs> So then the wolves find a fresh trail, so they run off. And then Bella goes down to the beach, and she's like, look at those cliffs. I know I've never done it before, but I'm going to jump off of one of them all on my own. So she does, and then she drowns. The end. Except that's not the end, because there are, in fact, nine more chapters. Shoot me. <laughs> what if I could? Um, so Jacob rescues Bella... Harry Clearwater has a heart attack. They go back to Jacob's place. They go to sleep. Jacob, uh, Bella has a weird dream. She then draws a huge fucking stupid parallel between her life and Romeo and Juliet. She slaps everyone who thinks that she and Jacob could be happy in the face by saying Juliet uh, gets dumped by Romeo and goes off and is in love with Paris would never have been a good story. She kind of dumb. She's so dumb. So Bella gets home from the hospital with the news. Sorry. Billy gets home from the hospital with the news that Harry has died. And Bella's like, I can't keep doing dangerous shit. Who the shit. fuck is Harry? Harry Clearwater? Who the fuck is Harry? Shut up. He actually is in the movie, <laughs> funny enough. Like, he's okay. not even, like, in this book. <laughs> but think about the fact that we're now almost finished with book two. 
<clears throat> and we've heard Harry's name multiple times. Yes. And I think he's been physically in one scene in which she hasn't talked to him. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's Harry. It is. It's almost like um, she introduced this person of color into this story as a plot device and then killed them. Again. Are they black? As a plot device. No. They're Native American, <laughs> you fucking moron. They're Native American. Just, I'm sorry. Horror movies kill off the black people all the time. <clears throat> horror movies just kill off women and people of color constantly. Except not all women. A lot, I will say, a lot of horror movies fall into the final girl trope, which I'm a fan of. I love a final girl. Final girls are amazing. If you are unfamiliar with the concept of a final girl, I'm sorry. You're probably really oh, I'm confused. Not. Okay. No, I get. I, I have to say the trope that I hate the most when it comes to them, though, is the uh, promiscuous girl has to be murdered trope. I want a horror movie where there's like a huge sexually active girl and she's the final girl because it's not a fucking downfall to be sexually active yeah i would like that. i would love that too um so then bella is like maybe i can love jacob and everybody is screaming like yes bella just love jacob you can do it and then carlisle's car is sitting across the street from her house so she ruins her relationship with jacob and runs inside You have visible sadness on your face. So much of this was built up for literally nothing. Like, this conflict at the very end is so stupid and comes from nowhere. I hate it's, it. I there's, there's only so many times I can say the ways to fix it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't grasp how somebody could write this read it back and then think that this was the best way to do it i just i don't know i the fact i couldn't have gotten this far in the book without thinking you know what maybe i won't bring edward back (laughs) maybe i'll just just let her be with jacob this this went through so many hands and no one told her that the way she's doing it now is just not that fun to read it's not and i think she's just something can be bad and still fun to read Mm -hmm. but it's just not enjoyable she's playing way too hard into the the theme of just like edward and bella are meant to be together and they're destiny or whatever but it's like it it doesn't matter like your destiny doesn't fucking matter if the person that you're destined quote unquote to be with just fucking sucks and treats you like garbage all the time Destiny doesn't exist. It's what you make of your life that matters. Oh, are you telling me that the circumstances of one's birth are not what determines uh, the outcome of their life? It's what they do with those circumstances that de- that determines their worth? Yes. Yeah, because I got that from Mewtwo, from Pokemon the movie Mewtwo Strikes Back. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay, we're good. Accurate. <laughs> so chapter 17, Alice is there. She confronts Bella and she's like, oh, you tried to kill yourself. And Bella's like, no, I was just cliff diving. 
Um, she finds out that Jacob is a werewolf, and then she's like, ew. Um, and then she decides to stay um, in Forks. She's super fucking confused about Victoria because this entire family are morons. And they have no idea that uh, Victoria would ever come back to get Bella for some ungodly reason. So Alice stays the night, then Bella wakes up the next morning and he overhears Charlie talking to Alice and he is a real good dad about uh, the way that they left and is like, basically like, listen, I don't ever want him to come back here. Fuck what he did to her. Fuck your whole family. I can't believe that this had to happen. And, I can't uh, believe it's not butter. Yeah. How did you make this toast? And then he's basically like, she's doing really good with Jacob now. So maybe you should just, like, basically insinuating that Alice needs to go to Edward and be like, do not come back because Bella is happy with Jacob. And you know what? In theory, she could have been. She really could have been. If Alice just hadn't shown up. Yeah, if Alice had never shown up. <sighs> anyway. So, um, chapter 18, on the day of the funeral... <sighs> Bella is, like, in a cleaning frenzy. What? You just gasped. What? What if the end... J Edward never comes back, but the story keeps progressing and the werewolves become more and more important and have more and more duties to take on, and then the final climax of the series is Bella has to help them kill Edward because he's gone crazy. Ooh, I would have loved that if he, like, started off as... Because it wouldn't be the first time I've really loved a, a book series in which the first love interest that you think is, like, the true love of the main character wound up being a huge ass, and then their new love interest had to help uh, the main character overcome the old love interest. That's actually going to be part of my book recommendations today. That's a really long title. No, it's not what it's <laughs> called. <laughs> um, so Bella goes into a cleaning frenzy, and then Jacob shows up, so Alice dips because she's like, I don't want to interrupt or whatever. Um, and then Jacob and Bella have a really uncomfortable conversation, and they talk about the Cullens, whether or not they're coming back, and Bella's like, I don't think they're coming back, blah, blah, blah. And then um, Jacob almost kisses Bella. And it's almost a nice moment. But then Alice shows up again. And she's like, Edward thinks that you're dead. Kill. Kill self. Yeah. Vulturey. Oh, I forgot. Um, quote unquote, Carlisle calls, introduces himself as Dr. Carlisle Cullen. And then it's really Edward. But then Jacob epically blunders telling him where Charlie is. Hold on, let me let me try and do the voice here. Okay. Go ahead. This is Dr. Carlisle Cullen. <laughs> that is me mixing all the different ways that Bella has described Edward's voice into one voice. Wait, wait, you're Carlisle? This is Carlisle. Really? Well, I've got one question for you, Carlisle. What color is your fake mustache? What fake mustache? This isn't Carlisle! You're a liar! <laughs> uh, so then uh, she's like, I gotta go to fucking Italy to stop Edward from killing himself because... Bleh. 
Um, and then Jacob is like, please don't go. And I almost cried when we were watching the movie. I was so sad because Taylor Lautner's face when he was like, please don't go. I was just like, ah. The actor Taylor Lautner was even like, no, come on. No, yeah. don't. This is dumb. No, this is so stupid. Uh, chapter 19 is literally just exposition. They're on the plane. Alice explains a lot of stuff about the Volturi and Volterra and blah, blah, blah. And then there, she Alice is like, hey, Edward's going to ask them to kill him. And she's like, fuck. And so then they're like, no, we're not going to kill you because you're too interesting and we don't want you to die. And then they're like, Edward's like, I'm just going to walk out in the sunlight and force them to kill me. Which, again, would not be a dead giveaway that he's a vampire, just that he is glittery. <laughs> and you know what glitters a lot during festivals what gay people you're right and as we know edward is a flaming homosexual and that's why they would kill him chapter 20 alice flirts her way into the city and uh then bella finds edward and edward thinks he's already dead um and quotes romeo it's bad and it's gross it's really gross it was like I was almost excited in the movie because this was around the time when um, Kristen Stewart um, and Robert Pattinson were actually dating. So they do have like a modicum of chemistry. And when he like grabs her and like pulls her into the building, I was like, this would be really sweet if it wasn't this movie. <laughs> Which we say a lot. Like, there's a lot of random moments where we're like, oh, this would have been nice if it wasn't this. Um, And so then some vampires from the Volturi show up and are like, they're like, come on, let's go talk to the big boys from the Volturi. And Edward's like, no. And Bella's like, it's okay. No, she doesn't say anything. Then Alice shows up. She (laughs) busts down a door in the movie. Which was absolutely beautiful. I fucking love Ashley Green. So good. Um, and then they go to a place. Okay, okay. Hold on. I'm going to take the roundup by the reins here. Okay, go ahead. And I'm going to sum up these last few chapters in like the shortest possible way. Do you want me to time you? Go for it. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me stop. Watch out. Okay. Um, are you ready? Yeah. Go. Go to Vampire Dungeon. Creepy old vampire, kind of like a pervert for Edward liking Bella. Doesn't know why he doesn't eat her because he really wants to eat her. Reads everyone's minds. Is like, okay, we got to kill Bella because nobody's going to turn Bella. And then Alice is like, wait, I'm going to turn Bella. So then he reads Alice's mind. And it's like, okay, but we're going to come visit you at some point. So then they leave and a bunch of people get eaten. And then they go home and... Charlie's really mad at Bella for running away and Edward's not running away again. And then they're like, but what if you change me? And he's like, we're not going to change you. And she's like, but we told them we're going to change me. And he's like, no, we're not actually going to do it. Fine. Family meeting. Carlisle. Yes. Esme. Yes. Alice. Yes. Jasper. Yes. Emmett. Yes. Rosalie and Edward. No. Edward, we can just hide her when they come. Emmett, yeah, bro. Everyone else, what the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid fucking stupid? Decision is made. She's going to be changed. It's happening. 
Edward will do it for if she marries him first. She doesn't like the idea of marriage, though. Marriage ruins relationships. But Carlisle will do it for her anyways. But she really wants that Ed to do it. Goes home. Jacob's in the woods. What's Jacob want? Oh, he's trying to get her grounded by bringing the bikes back. Joke's on him. She's already grounded forever. She only sees Edward doing a lot of meeting times except when he sneaks into a room. Oh no, there's tension between Jacob and Edward. They want to kill each other. Now they want to kiss. Just kidding. They still just want to kill each other. Uh, Charlie's angry. Yeah. Two minutes and 3.5 seconds. Good job. I, I feel like I didn't actually miss anything important there. You didn't. You got it really good. And my brain was falling apart there at the end. So I'm glad that you you came in and you, you saved me from myself. Um, to wrap up the story, it's really stupid and I hate it. And I wish that she had just stayed in Forks and been happy with Jacob because it's much healthier for her. And she doesn't have to worry about someone who is constantly denying her the things that she truly wants. And uh, is condescending and mean to her. But, you know. But she can't make it is what make it her is. immortal. What? He can't make her immortal, though. Jacob can't? Yeah. Who cares? Like, I know she wants to be immortal, but she only wants to be immortal because she wants to be with Edward. Yeah. Like, if she's with Jacob, then... Accurate. It Why really do they matter? all think each other smells bad? I don't know. It's got to be something, I don't know, mythological about them not liking each other. I've never understood it. I like the trope of werewolves and vampires hating each other just because I like that it's kind of universal and it's it's fun. But, like, they don't explain it very well. Although, I mean, I understand on the basis being terrified and hating vampires because vampires can only survive if they drink the blood of living things. And so in general, that does not give you a tone of goodness. Whereas the werewolves are just kind of wolf boys. Mm, here's some goodness. <laughs> goodness. All right. So that is the end of new moon. Let's do a little bit of wrap up. Who's your favorite character in the book? Ready? Go. Jacob. I'm going with Charlie. Charlie was super good dad in this book. He was, he stuck with Bella and he had her best interest at heart the whole way through. And he is super right to be really pissed off at Edward at the end of the book and Bella for running away to go save Edward. Jacob's just a good guy. Jacob is a really wonderful guy. I love Jacob, but I wanted to pick someone different than who you picked. If you had picked Charlie, I would have said Jacob. (laughs) It's just they both deserve to be someone's favorite, you know? Least favorite character. Um, I'm, I said Bella in the last book. And I feel like it's really easy to say, Edward. You're gonna hate me, but I kind of really hate Alice's role in this book. So I'm gonna go with Alice, not because I hate her, but because of just the part she played in the book because if she hadn't had that vision if she hadn't come back then there wouldn't be this whole issue she bella could have just found a new happiness in her in her home what about you 
Mine was also Alice, though. Yeah. I also hate Bella. Yes. So fucking much. I hate Bella. She is worthless and dumb. And she just, she does not deserve to have Jacob or Charlie in her life at all. She deserves Edward. I just want her to stop existing. She doesn't exist. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. She doesn't actually uh, exist. She's just a character in a book. I don't want her existence to occupy my brain anymore. So what was your favorite moment of the book? Favorite moment? Have to be uh, the first almost kiss scene. Yeah. Between Jacob and Bella. It was good. It's really good. It was, it was, it was the perfect hint that Bella was going to start... Uh, revising her health and mental state and she was going to stop being so hung up on Edward and like learn to just be okay and I loved it so much that was also my favorite part of the book was when she was like could my favorite line from the book was could I give Jacob a bit of the love that Edward no longer wanted because even though it was sort of stupid the way that she said it because she was like I'll never be able to love him the way I loved Edward but could I love him a little bit I like the idea that in my mind she was just kind of naive so if she gave him that little bit of love that she was considering she would have found it very easy to just be with him and it would have gotten better from there. So I really liked it. What's your least favorite part of the book? Scene in Volterra where she finds him. Oh, it was super gross. I had, it was disgusting. I, it was bad. I hated it. The lines were awful. Yeah. I hated seeing them reunited. It was just like everything bad that could happen happened in that scene. Super bad. My least favorite part was one line (coughs) because it was out of character and it was stupid the way that it unfolded. And it was Jacob saying he's at the funeral because didn't make any fucking sense. Made no sense. It was out of character. It wouldn't make sense for him to even say that line, even if it was in character for him. Why would you just say he's at the funeral? What funeral? Carlisle hasn't been in town in eight months. What funeral? I mean, don't you just check up on this small town that you worked at the hospital for every single day for news? Does Jacob know that Carlisle and Charlie brushed their mustaches together? He smelled it on him. Something that really pissed me off in the movie was that phone call... He said he's arranging a funeral. And they don't say that it was him pretending to be Carlisle. So the implication is that it was just Edward. Yeah. And that Jacob just hung up on Edward without saying anything to Bella, which is even more out of character. For Jacob. I mean, this is right before he peed on the peppers. Oh, fuck. I forgot. He, his bladder was so full. Marking his territory. <laughs> um, so w- when we did our, our last roundup of the first book, we said, what would you do to make it better? And both of us just kind of decided that we would rewrite the whole thing. And I have a feeling that that is also true. 
Though yeah. I think it would There's... be easier in this book to rewrite the whole to rewrite the parts that were bad. It would be, but I think the problem is starting from ground zero with yeah. book one, by the time it was finished, it wouldn't be leading into this book anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If in theory we were only rewriting this book. Oof. I think it would literally just I would literally just cut out the last few chapters where Alice comes back. Like it would literally just end with Bella learning to be happy with Jacob. Yeah, honestly, I think that would work. I mean, there's a whole lot that could still be fixed throughout the book. Oh but yeah, like, for sure. Cutting out the last bit would definitely go a long way to helping. Having the satisfying ending would mean enough that I wouldn't feel so strongly about the earlier chapters. You know, like yeah. having her be like, I've been acting stupid. I'm just going to try to be happy with Jacob would have made it better enough that like, I wouldn't even really feel the need to rewrite everything else. It's just kind of like, well, she's acknowledging that everything else was crazy. Yeah. At least it would counteract all the yeah. bad things. So was there anything else you wanted to say on our recap of new moon? Just let it end. <laughs> I, I'm not looking forward to... I said at the beginning of this that this was my favorite of the Twilight books. Um, I think it's because I'd only read it once. And so I just, like, didn't remember how trash it was and, like, all of the terrible things about it. Um, I do think it's still my favorite because, again, Edward is not really in it, basically, at all. So that's better and I know that in Eclipse, Jacob is going to be destroyed and that Breaking Dawn, just not even in the category. The book is so bad. <laughs> like, it's so terrible and just a train wreck. It doesn't make any sense. It was literally... That's why it's called... It was originally called Dawn, <laughs> but then they changed it to Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn because it was so bad. Yeah. Um. But that's all I have to say on that. And if you don't have anything else to say on New Moon, then I think it's about time we cut so that we can transition into our movie discussion with the lovely Brandon T. <laughs> Sounds good. In my existence. Thank you. Thank you. Hello again. It's me back at it again with the outro. Uh, just coming in to say, please follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is at M of many names. I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Uh, give us a, a, a little shot of, of donation at our coffee account. That's ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. And if that URL is incorrect, you can find the actual URL in our Twitter bio. Um, it would really mean so much to us if you would come on Twitter and interact with us, uh, give us a follow, tweet at us, give us a DM. We love to hear from you and um, it really, really makes our day and makes it feel like all of this is worth it. So thanks again and we'll see you next week with episode 14, our movie discussion. Goodbye. <laughs>